What is up, Dash the Fan? Welcome back to Taking Sides, the Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Alan, and this is your other host, Ashley. If you guys are listening here, you are officially in the right place. Dallin and I have announced on our other podcast, Big Little Life, that we're merging the two. And just like the Scranton branch and the, what was the branch Jim went to? Um, Nashua? Nashua. No, No, that's where Holly's from. That one got combined too, though, the didn't it? The one that it? Josh is the boss of. Right. Just Andy like Scranton and that other branch, they merged together and Scranton was the one that was left standing. This is a long metaphor. Just as in that. Um, we're, so too will this be with our other podcast. We're merging Big Little Life. The beginning of this podcast is going to be us just talking As it about, always is. As it usually is. Just ourselves, what's been going on recently, the updates with the fam about our relationship. Then we'll dive into questions from you guys. It'll be relationship questions and also like anything else that you feel like sending our way and we can t- chat about together. Mm-hmm. So, starting, so that might be evolving a little bit too. Just yeah. not strictly, you know relationship stuff but it will still be mostly that we try and chat but we anyways but feel free to send any other questions of our way and it's just something for us to talk about too so Mm -hmm. fun Mm -hmm. changes are happening this is happening first of the new year 2021 starting in january so there's a few more episodes of big little life left and then we'll just be here twice a week instead of once a week so i think it'll just make everything easier All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. You're listening to Taking Sides with the Dashleys, a show where couples send their funniest arguments or most divisive daily disagreements to us, the Dashleys. Everybody wants advice on their relationship issues, but it can be kind of risky to talk about them with your family and friends sometimes. Taking Sides is a new podcast where you can anonymously solicit feedback on your relationship issues directly from us, Dallin and Ashley, as well as from special guests from time to time. We'll give you our unqualified advice and our thoughts with the hope that it is somewhat insightful, maybe helpful, and definitely entertaining. So please send in your submissions to takingsideswiththedashleys at gmail.com and you will be in one of our next podcasts. Cool. Let's go. Let's go. Cash, our first one is coming from... Kansas. Central Kansas. This is from Amber. Hey Dashleys, I found you on Facebook a few months ago and have loved your little videos and am now so into your podcasts. I love you guys and how you are so open. You make it feel like you're talking right to me and we could be best friends. Thank you for being so real. Well, thanks Amber. That's nice. Anyway, I uh, I grew up in Northwest Kansas and I now live in Central Kansas. I grew up eating cinnamon rolls as a side with our chili in the winter. Well, that sounds nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. It's abnormal, maybe, I've but never, there's nothing wrong with like, it. Like it's a thing when you eat chili, you have a cinnamon roll on the side? Kind of yeah, like... She says, I've been told by many people that this is a weird combination. Well, I don't think it's... I don't think it's... I mean, there's nothing... It's just dessert. I like, applaud that combination. I just never heard... You know, like you eat barbecue food with corn... Like, you know, pulled pork and cornbread or... Maybe that's not a thing. I think that's a thing. In the South, that's kind of a thing. What's a thing? Um, turkey and stuffing. You know, like those are things. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never heard of that being a thing. Mm-hmm. But I th- I believe you can have whatever dessert. Are you eating it as a dessert or as like your grain? <laughs> Hopefully it's at least a whole wheat cinnamon roll. Or else maybe it's a little unhealthy. 
All right, we have if that's like part of your main meal and not sounds the dessert. good to me, Amber. You keep being you. <laughs> she says we had it all the time growing up in school and it has become a winter staple in our house. Is this something you eat in Utah? I, I wouldn't mean, we say we eat those two things, but not together. I've never had it together. I'm not opposed to it. Maybe it was just like your lunch lady made the calendar and it stuck for ten years. And you just started making it for your family. <laughs> Everyone who went to your school has this as a traditional food. Yeah, I guess so. All right, moving on. This is from Kimberly. She said we can use her name. Sister-in-law woes for days mm. is the, uh, is the uh, subject line. Okay, let's hear about Kimberly's sister-in-law. Hey, Dashleys, I just want to start by saying thank you for all the joy you put out in the world, especially the vlog about snakes you visited. She liked the snake vlog. Thank you. I was, thought that was a fun vlog. It was a good vlog. Uh, my question is about my sister-in-law. My boyfriend and I are extremely close with his family, and I love his parents like they're my own. Well, that's really good. Yeah. I lost my mom when I was very young, so I'm grateful for them. I get along really well with his brother, and we can talk for hours. I even have a great close connection with his aunts and uncles, who are close with the immediate family, too. The only stickler of it, of it all is that my boyfriend's brother's girlfriend is the absolute worst. So actually, Kimberly, I think this is your girlfriend-in-law. Right. Don't call her sister-in-law until she has one. <laughs> They've had a whole bunch of relationship issues over the years. All of them Oh, maybe toxic. it's like a long-time girlfriend. Like, this is Oh, it. okay. All of them toxic and immature. And even broke up last month, only oh. to get back together two weeks later. Okay. She resents the family and thinks everyone hates her. Well... When really what is actually happening is that what our therapist would say to you, Kimberly, is what you feel like is actually happening. Well, what he would according say. to Kimberly, mm-hmm. doesn't sound like many people like her either. She might <laughs> be right on this one. Yeah. Um, Usually when that... you feel like everyone hates you, or like, I, it's, I feel like it's really hard to get it super wrong. Like, it's pretty obvious if someone doesn't like you that much. Yeah, we are, uh, let's see. What's actually happening is that she can be very rude and comes off like a spoiled brat a lot. And we are not the type of family to let those things slide. Well, that's good. I've tried really hard to get to know her and get closer with her, but I've had an especially hard time lately as she's just been very open about how much she dislikes the family. And I take offense to that considering how amazing they've always treated me. And I can be a handful sometimes too. She also doesn't seem to appreciate her boyfriend that much. Despite Mm. the fact that he's super nice and generous, it actually seems like she really takes advantage of him. Long story short, how do my boyfriend and I interact with her and his brother despite it all? Thank you so much. Hope you're happy and healthy. Kimberly. I just, I think it's great when in-law relationships work out, but I think it is maybe adding too much pressure on yourself or the relationship to have the expectation that you're going to be like real life sisters yeah. because you're just not and you're different people and sounds like she might not be a lot around that long anyways if they've broken up once already <laughs> maybe she will be and if she is i don't know like this i don't maybe this is maybe i'm a bad family member but it's not your job to like make her like everyone and it's not her job to like ever i like she's not gonna like everyone and you're not gonna like her if you don't like her it I, sounds like the story you're telling yourself in your head kim is that you should all be besties yeah that's what i'm trying to say like you're n- i think it's impossible to be besties with everyone in the family like there's just there's some people out there who are just really good at being friends with everyone and feeling close and intimate and like just loving everyone 
I'm not one of those people. Like I have empathy and I, and kind no, kindness, but it's hard for me to like be really close and, and like, like I'm finally, I feel like with Dallin's sister-in-law's kind of, and this is on me, like feeling comfortable enough. So like I took a, a lot longer than anyone expected to kind of warm up to my instant new family. It just like, I'm just like a quieter, sh- shyer person in, in the, in like settings like that. And like, I don't, I don't know. Like I, and I think it, it was a lot of pressure on me, like everyone wanting to be my best friend immediately. And I don't think they did. Like, I just kind of felt like everyone wanted me to be like a sister the second I got married. And it, that was really hard for me to try and like be that. But also I just wasn't, I wasn't there. Does that mean? I don't think that's mean. Like it just takes longer for you to make friends. It takes me a really long time. And maybe she's, Part of, yeah. maybe she's that way or she's just a butt. And like, if she's just a butt, you don't need to be her friend. You can still be his friend. Yeah, you can just be, you, you can, can just be, be kind to her. cordial. But you don't need, like, I mean, obviously, I'm sure your boyfriend misses his brother because it sounds like he's a really nice guy. And well, you don't need to, like, cut the relationship. You just don't have to, I don't know, maybe she'd like it if everyone just kind of backed off of her and yeah. <laughs> didn't try and have a relationship. Yeah, I don't know. But don't don't tell yourself the story that you have to all be best friends and something's wrong if you're not. It's just everybody's different and you just be you. Or your family's, you do you. Or your family's broken, like... It could be so great if we all loved each other. So I have to find a way for us all to love each other. Yeah. I don't, I think in reality, there's sometimes where you just don't love everyone. Ever since our last podcast talking about your place and your space with in-laws, I've just been thinking about that and how true it is. Everybody needs to know their place and their space that you need to have space to like, you know, like where you interact and, and are in each other's lives, but you should also know your place and they should also know their place within your life. And if you cross the boundaries, I mean, you just got to tactfully, you know, I would set some set boundaries those. with her. Like if she talks to you about your boyfriend's family, like this family who you love and you don't ever want to be in a position where you're kind of like speaking ill of them, just set a boundary and be like, you know, I, I, I'm sorry you had that experience with them. I, I love them so much. And I feel like they've always been so kind to me and you really don't feel comfortable talking about them this way. Boom. And like, she can either just hate you because of that or respect you, but it's not your problem and it's just sucks for her if she's like just burning bridges everywhere it just sounds like a i don't know, I don't know. It sounds like a just a if she's not invested in becoming a part of your family i would just i'd be there if she needs you but don't waste your time or energy like trying to become something she doesn't want to be yeah life is short so just love the people that you're that that you love and that you're friends with and you get along with and like and just don't let her get under your skin, yeah, I guess. No, just no be one deserves cordial to with be treated like crap. Don't even, let her control your life in any way. Even by family. Stay tuned for more Taking Sides, the marriage podcast. We are supported by BetterHelp. You guys hear us talk all the time about how much a therapist helped us both individually and as a couple. We recommend going to betterhelp.com where they will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It is so easy. It's all online. It is private. It is convenient. And you can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling. They will match you with a counselor specific to your needs. Things such as depression, stress, anxiety, 
relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Everything you share is confidential, it is professional, and it's affordable. Especially for you guys, listeners of Taking Sides the Marriage podcast, because we got you a 10% off code for your first month. Just go to betterhelp.com taking sides and you can join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash taking sides for 10% off your first month of professional counseling. Okay, another weird food thing. This one's from Megan in the classic Midwest, where she's from, the Midwest. Dear Dashleys, for the judging portion of the people's weird food things, I, every single time, hope you use sound bites from the office episode where Dwight is Berschnickel and goes, I judge you impish, (laughs) (laughs) or I judge you admirable. (laughs) I just had to tell you that. It would make my day to hear it on at least one of your podcasts. We should do do that. I could put those on buttons. We have a lot of buttons we don't use on this thing. I can do that. Love the idea. Thank you, Megan. Classic Midwest snack. Pickle roll-up, ham, cream cheese, and pickle. I have learned this is super weird in the rest of the country. I've never had it. Have you? It's in the Midwest. You just roll it up in a sliced pickle, ham and cream cheese. It just sounds like a sandwich without bread. Yeah. I like cream cheese. cream cheese. cheese. I don't don't doubt that it's nasty. I mean, or that it's good. I've never loved pickles, though. So we judge you impish, you weirdo. I judge you impish. (laughs) Quit being so weird. (laughs) Just kidding. Thank you for writing in. All right. Metamorphosis. From Brittany. Hey, I'm catching up on episodes and I want to reach out to you to say you are not alone. I went through something similar in college. I grew up Lutheran and my parents both still go to church and many of my relatives are Lutheran or Catholic. There are just so many things I never agreed with and would even get into heated arguments with my youth pastor about in high school. Mm. Now I still believe in God or slash higher power now, whatever you want to call it, but I feel like I can't say who he, she, it, or they are because how is it possible to know? There are so many different religions out there and they can't all be right. And I am perfectly okay with not knowing. I think that's a healthy place to get to. I think it is a sign of growth that you two are in a place where you can question what you were taught growing up and reassess if it fits with your values. Find a balance with what feels right for you and your family. I think the most important thing is to be kind to everyone and open and loving. If God is someone who loves everyone no matter what, I think that we should strive to do that as well. Well, I totally agree with you. My husband and I have friends across the whole spectrum of religion slash beliefs, and it doesn't cause any issues at all. We respect them when they pray before eating and when they want to share a great scripture with us, and we have had great conversations about religion with them. Also, to speak to your comment about your old podcasts contradicting, I think that that is what is so great about it. You can see your evolution and how you're growing individually as a couple and as a family. It would be sad to see if you were the exact same people 5, 10, or 25 years later. Anyway, sorry for the super long email. I love that you are sharing your journey with us and so many others can find comfort in knowing that they are not alone. It's crazy how much we have in common with others. Brittany. That was really nice. Thank you, Brittany. That was really nice. Ash, how have you been feeling lately with regards to, to that? Um, I, I have not changed in everything. I still hate talking publicly about religion. Um, I think I am in a very similar place to Brittany. I just, when you start questioning one thing, it kind of is a domino. And then you're just kind of like, I don't know what to believe. And I don't want to be so prideful to like pretend that I know everything or like, 
I don't know, like once you question the thing that you believed in the most, you kind of question everything. And it's just a very neutral position to kind of land in a place where you're just like, I think there's something out there. And I felt like a, a spiritual like love or closeness or comfort or presence. And I don't want to deny that, but I don't know details kind of. Yeah. I have hopes for details, but I don't I don't think I'll ever like sit down and claim that I know details. And I think like my hopes might be like very like traditionally Christian based, but also like there's space for things I've never really considered now where there used to never be space. Uh-huh. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. It feels very empty um coming from like a, a very like certain a point of certain like we used to be pretty certain i was innocent and certain now i'm wiser and unsure yeah and so sometimes you walk around feeling kind of like empty like there's this void that used to be full of of certainty um but i don't know like i still i love my religion that i grew up in and i think i'll always consider myself a part of that religion just because it's my family like it's everything i've known and it's where my family is but i think i have like feet in both camps now yeah just being much more open-minded i personally have come to believe like much more in the beauty of humanity and how how more more in the same like quote-unquote spirituality is with like human consciousness and how I believe more like following your heart is like the same as following quote unquote the spirit. It's kind of a more beautiful thing that I have come to be. I've been thinking about recently. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. And it's not like either humanistic or spiritual person. It's like spiritual because you're human. Mm-hmm. I think in yeah. our, in like other podcasts, Dallin and I have been asked the question, like, what do we do if, if we're not the same religion? And we had never really experienced anything like that. We'd always been the exact same religion. And then if we had differing views, you kind of, you know, like you had doctrine that you kind of just uh, like stuck to, you know? Um, but now I we're in this like weird new realm of our life where... I don't really care what Dallin believes and what he believes I think is different than what I believe. And he doesn't really, it's more just like I'm interested in Dallin's religious views and he's interested in mine, but I really, I don't think they're the exact same at all. And like, I'm, I'm totally comfortable with Dallin having a different like spiritual outlook on something than I do because I don't know, we've had different experiences and we feel things differently and, and things resonate differently with us. And it's been a really cool experience to like kind of live the thing that was really, was a really scary thought for us before. Like, what if, what Mm -hmm. if one, what if we end up not being the same religion? Like that was never, it was always a really weird thought or like, I don't know, like we, we were just so comfortable in the idea of always believing the exact same thing as the other person. And Uh now we're very we're like religious hippies at this point i think like cool man (laughs) like cool all right this one is from 
Brittany. I don't see anything saying I can't use her name. Brittany, she says, help. How can I help my hubby? Hey, Dashleys, my husband has somewhat recently started streaming on Twitch about four Ooh. or five months ago. For anybody who doesn't know, Twitch is a gaming platform. It's like a, it's a place where gamers stream them playing video games. And you can earn money, my people, just donating to you as they watch you play. About four or five months ago, I think he's doing well, but I feel like he's headed toward burnout, especially since he's working his full-time job on top of his gaming hours. We're both reserved about him quitting... We're both reserved about him quitting before it takes off and starts to make a profit. But I also don't want to see him dreading getting up to go to work each day. I just wish I could help lighten his load or help him in another way. He says I'm doing what I can, but I feel like I could be doing more. Maybe I'm setting expectations of myself too high. How do you get through the time when posting videos through that time when posting videos and working a nine to five? How do you help one another when it's just too much? What helps you both when shit gets real or, or you start to feel that burnout. Thank you so much for the long distance friendship. Keep posting and spreading the happy. Stay well, Brittany. Cool. Like, well, first thing, Brittany, I would tell him to start streaming on Facebook. Facebook is, is investing heavily in gaming content like, right now. Do both. Like they just put a new tab on the bottom of the Facebook app for gaming videos. So there's not it's a lot of... It's that big of a deal to tr- Facebook right like now. Like it's not a very crowded place right now for Com- gamers At least compared to Facebook. Twitch. Twitch is so crowded. Facebook is is really trying to get in right if, now. That's how we got into the game, posting our YouTube videos to Facebook a few years ago. Yeah, Facebook, Facebook noticed us. just noticed us because no one else was doing... Because everybody, all the other YouTubers we were, were just posting their YouTube links to their Facebook page and sending people to YouTube. We, were, we uploaded the native videos to Facebook and Facebook noticed that and we got invited to their Launchpad program. So that was really, really cool. So I think they're doing the same thing for gamers right now. Um, don't, I like just, if your husband really wants to, to do the grind and, and do this, then like I would support him and, and figure out how you can still not like shy away from any other duties. But, um, it's a real thing. People can make money freaking playing video games now. It's so crazy, but it's real. It's really hard area to break through because literally millions of people around the world want to be able to make money playing video games and they already all have gaming systems. So I would just make sure, you know, like watch the people who you like, the people who you love to watch the most and try and figure out why you love them. Is it the quality of their video? Is it like how they talk to you? Is it that they're funny or I've never watched a gaming video, so I don't know, but try and figure out what makes the people who are good, good. And then like try and do those things in your own way, kind of. Yep. And just be you because uh, it's cliche, but everybody else is already taken. But just being you is what makes people resonate with your stuff and what you have to say versus the the other 500 people gaming at the same exact time, you know? Yeah. As far as like getting through the moments of not making any money doing this thing that you're, you know, from the get go starting because A, you love it and B, you think you could make money doing it. Like, I think, I don't know everyone's story, but the thing that like drove me was based like essentially panic, like thinking my life, I was just in a place where I thought it was my only, my only choice was to be a stay at home mom. Like I thought that was the best choice. And, and I thought, and I loved being that, but I also kind of, after becoming that felt really alone and felt really kind of like separated from the world and I still loved it but I also like hated aspects of it so we kind of started doing wedding videos and it morphed into vlogging and we weren't making any money but doing that 
was my like little kindle of hope that I could change my life. Like I had an incredible desire to bring things to my life that I, I didn't have. And I wanted to be someone who could stay at home with my kids and, and be a full-time mother. But I also wanted to like have money so we could like support ourselves. And I didn't want to like be reliant on Dallin's stupid bosses and the company he worked for. And like the, his bosses weren't stupid. I just hated that they controlled our life and they controlled when Dallin got promoted. And, and I wanted, maybe I just wanted to control that. I don't know. I just wanted control of my life. And I was in a point where I felt like I had no control and having a successful vlog equaled Ashley has control over like more control of her life than I had. Not like that I controlled Dallin's life. I just felt like, like I stepped out of the world when I became a mom and I lost like, like Dallin, like my life depended on how good Dallin did at work. And if Dallin got promoted and how much money Dallin made and, and like where we live depended on that. And I just wanted to contribute to that somehow so that, you know, like, I don't know. So I had this panic or like I needed this hope to, it gave me happiness, like working on something that could potentially change my life the way I wanted it to change. Mm -hmm. um, and it was so freaking stressful. And so I would say the way to get through that is to have other reasons that you're doing it for besides money. If it's only money. It wasn't all money. It was, I just wanted some, I wanted to have something. I wasn't saying that's the only reason oh, you yeah. were doing it. Like I just wanted my life to be I wanted like to be connected and vlogging yeah. does totally does that. Like yeah. you like at every subscriber you grow, you feel like you have a friend somewhere and I don't, there's probably like a, and real, we just a love lot of, making videos. There's probably a lot of really unhealthy aspects as to why I did what I did, but also it like got me like mentally unhealthy. Like I was really lonely and I, I don't know, but it got me where I wanted to go. Like I think, like Dallin was more chill about it. And I would be like, we cannot miss a day. Like I will, I will not take a step back. Like I, yeah, it was really stressful. It was really, it was like probably like equally good and bad for our marriage. And there's it, definitely like a recovery period. It's probably more bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a reason we had to go to couples therapy, but uh, shoot, Elon Musk did some shady things to get where he's at today. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think there's I just, like just you a gotta, drive. You, you gotta have to just be, there's a you gotta be freaking driven and motivated. And if you can figure out how you're still gonna schedule in everything else you have to do that day, and just do find other reasons besides wanting to make money for doing it, or else you'll get from, burned out real fast. And you just gotta be yourself and follow your passion. Because if it's not your passion and you're still trying to do it, then you'll just get depressed no matter how much money you end up making. I was listening to the, this book right now, or it's like a course, a psychology course. And he, he just did a, a few case studies with people who had won the lottery. Literally everybody's dream to have hundreds of millions of dollars. And he said it was only, it was only a boost to their happiness for about three months. And then the only thing after that, that contributed long-term to their happiness was whether they depended on their relationships with other people. And if they were doing something to reach outside themselves and to bless other people's lives. And for the ones who just stayed inside themselves and getting more and more stuff or whatever, they just, they said, one guy said, I, if I could go back, I would rip up that winning card and never get the money. That's nice. Interesting, huh? Hundreds of millions of dollars, like could either bless people's lives if they did a lot of good things with it and did things that fulfilled them and reached out to people around them or uh, 
destroyed them and got divorces and got bankrupt and horrible things. So it's definitely not money that makes you happy. Also, word of wisdom from someone like, I don't think Dallin and I are on the other side. That's the thing about social media or YouTube or Twitch. Like there is no other side. There's always just, you just always feel like you're at the beginning and you're, you could always be so much more successful or so much bigger. YouTube and Facebook are never satisfied. I think we, we were watching a show like the Leah Remini Scientology show or something where we're listening to a book on cults and it was talking about like the signs that you're in a cult. And I turned to Dallin and I, I said, I think YouTubers are like a cult or like social media. Not like us and our followers. No, 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 no. Like it, like how it controls you, like the pressure you feel. Like, and like all of the, all the creators together like are, it, and, like, and YouTube is the cult leader. Yeah. Like, like if, if I don't do this every day or if I don't answer so many comments every day, or if I don't do X, Y, and Z every day, like my channel will die and everything I've worked for will be over. You have that feeling in your heart all the time. Like, am I doing enough to keep it from dying? Yeah. It, it probably, I don't know if what I'm saying is making Never sense. Never good enough. Like, try and um, separate perfection, perfection mentality or, as, it's, or like an addiction. Like I need to like, I don't know, like my like day is not good. a happy day or I am yeah. not a good person or my job isn't complete until I, I like, I could always do so much more. Feeling good about yourself isn't dependent on whether or not your video performed well that day. Yeah, there's so many really weird things like when you're so deep in social media that like social media is built to do to people to keep them watching social media. But we're like, we're like forehead deep in it all the time and it has an effect on you still or on us. And I would just say, be very like mindful of how you feel about what you're doing. And if you start feeling like your happiness or your self-worth is dependent on numbers or is dependent on like, I cannot take a day off or else I'll, my channel will die. Like maybe just take a day off and prove to yourself that it won't. Yep. We have so many friends who burn out and like take a month off and they're still fine. And they come back. That was the lesson that they learned. I mean, yeah, like, like Ellie and Jared, they they talked about this publicly on their YouTube channel. They just were like, we they came back a month later, and everybody's still there, and people still love them. Maybe love them even more, like, like because they're happy for them and taking charge of their mental health, like, and they're just cruising right along on YouTube still, but just making videos when they want to now, not feeling like they have to, or else they'll die, and nobody yeah. will watch them anymore. And they just kind of had to prove to themselves that that's true, that it's not that everybody wouldn't just evaporate uh-huh. if they stopped posting videos for a month, you know? So you don't have to do that. You can just do it because you love it. And then because it makes you happy rather than just getting sucked into the machine. It gets hard because you get addicted to success and you kind of, the, the algorithm is like the cult leader and you're always trying you're to like pleasing please the algorithm. The algorithm. <laughs> yeah. But and when you say screw you algorithm and just post stuff that you want to post, <laughs> then, um, ironically that stuff performs the best but sometimes it doesn't and And, you need to be okay with that and you don't care because you're not doing it for the views well this turned into a conversation about youtuber mental health but i think i think i'm gonna start school you're getting into and i'm gonna do marriage and family therapy and also i want to specialize in in social media creator counseling yeah it's like a new space well i think not a lot of people have like i don't know 
you sell your soul to the algorithm trying to if... get noticed by the algorithm. Yeah. And then once you are and you kind of have a security in your base, you have to try and find your soul again or like find your independence, like where you're not, where you're okay to like take a step back or take a weekend or like we did Thanksgiving this year for the yeah. first time in four years where we just put our camera down. And it's so we didn't feel obligated to film anything. But it's also like you have a sense of panic. Like I didn't. It was just really nice. I think I sold my soul a little more than you did. Yeah. Where like, (laughs) I don't know. I'm responsible for it living or dying. (laughs) No, maybe we should take a month off for your own mental health. Well, we have done a lot of taking off, like choosing sick Ashley or sad Ashley because of a miscarriage over youtube mm-hmm. and, and everybody understood and people are so freaking nice and we wouldn't have done that last year yeah we w- yeah we, we, we should have done it so anyways um yeah you can do it but just always stay true to yourself and true to your audience and uh never try to do any be anybody that you're not these are all like cliche things that are all ringing so true to me now yeah but just be and then once you are like in tune with yourself and doing it because you want to, then just freaking crush, crush it and grind and make as much content as you can. And, and while still getting enough sleep at night, respect the algorithm, but don't worship the, don't algorithm. worship the algorithm. Just be you. And, um, because that's where you will get the best ideas and creative, creative, like new things that haven't been done a oh, hundred times and before. No one ever, you never like, you don't figure out what the algorithm is either ever. No, the algorithm always changes because no one it's, really knows it's what it AI. Is. I just didn't want that to be confusing. Like you don't yeah. get a letter in the mail telling you what the algorithm likes or anything. Yep. You just never know. So good luck. Um, follow Gary Vaynerchuk. He's like a, he is the social media creator, mental health person. <laughs> we say what we say because he has told us yeah. these things. Gary V on everywhere. He's literally everywhere. Always. So good luck. Have fun. And it's a very, it's a real possibility. It's crazy. Nothing that our grandparents ever understand or believe, but it's real today. It used to just be celebrities, but we are now in the age of micro influencers or micro celebrities where um, people can just work hard at producing fun content. And in just a few years, they have their own little patch of the internet yeah, and they're just making a fine living, just having fun, making content. And like th- thousands and thousands of people are doing that. And it's so unheard of like 10 years ago cool well that was fun fun last question thanks for listening you guys have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next week on taking sides